following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Radio Law Talk. Welcome to the second most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative radio show on earth. Only informative when Denise is here. Again, we are only second and trying to be first, but that will never happen due to the fact that late at night, driving across Nevada in a storm, in a broken down car, the the alien shows are much better. Yeah, I mean, when Denise isn't here, it's full on peanut gallery, so she brings yeah. us the credibility, right? Yeah. She's the smartest one at the table, according, oh, you go. All right. yeah. according the table. to the uh, emails. So. Well, we've got a three-time Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner never producer. at anything. Never yeah. a winner yeah. at anything. So, Cal, when you went in there to go to the Emmy Awards, yeah. now, when they when you walk in, yeah, here we go. how is it that you know right away that you're not going to win? What happens? Well, the first thing is, when they look for the tickets... And mine, the, everybody else is alphabetical, and mine is in the very back. That, oh. Okay. And then the, it's all assigned seating. Right. Except mine. They have to send a guy to go get a folding chair, and it's up right to, next to the kitchen door. Yeah. There's another hint that maybe tonight's not going to be my night. Right. Not a good night. And then when they read the list of the nominees, and there are people with names that are more complicated than mine, Polachek, you know, other names that might be with a Z on the end, Polish spelling. And they get to Hunter and they call it Cal Hunter. Well, that's another dead giveaway. <laughs> You're probably not going to win yeah. the Emmy. <laughs> the Emmy. Or they forget you. Or where they say, I still say, when they say, do you mind if you help us take down the chairs at the end? Which I'm yes. always glad to do. Yeah. Um, but, but by then, you know you didn't win yeah. because and, it's the end, right? No, but no, they're asking you at the beginning. Oh, oh yes, yes, When you're yes. done, That's right. can you make sure that you help us take down the chairs? Oh, they, they put a little chair on your on your badge. Oh. So that you know you're, <laughs> you're the chair guy. So they won't let you out until the chairs are all put I, away. <laughs> I do have to correct you on one thing, Cal, because you said you, you're never a winner at anything. And, and maybe it's just a case oh, it's true, of though. even a blind dog finds a bone every once in a while or a blind squirrel finds a nut, but you did you did win in the case of your bride. Oh, that's that's that what I'm gonna say. Oh, so yeah. you know, yeah. and you, oh, ooh, the, what are you talking? You're buttering everybody. You up married here. up well, sh- because we're getting oh. ready to do case or no case, and I need the dang points. Okay, well, roll case <laughs> or now. Let's roll case or no case. All right, let's here we go. It. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! I did marry way over my head, and what a perfect tie-in for Mr. Cunin, because our case or no case now talks about marriage. Uh And I will take you to Mountain Brook, Alabama, Jefferson County, Alabama, in fact, in case you're wondering, where a man is in love. That happens after family reunions in Alabama. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, hey, hey we're, oh. we're on the air in Alabama. Oh, so. I mean that, that happens after <laughs> uh, after uh, business luncheons yeah. in Alabama. <laughs> Le- legal conventions, uh, yeah. Family uh, business. The, oh, sorry. The, oh the, my God. The man is in love with his computer, his Apple Two C, no less. So mm. much in love is Mark Chris Seaver of Mountain Brook. That he says he took the lucky machine to New Mexico and married her up, as they must say in Alabama. Mr. Severe said one of the reasons he did so, other than having access to a computer free until the end of his life or the event of a breakdown, was that he was on a mission to preserve the integrity of the Constitution. But wait, there's more. 
Mr. Severe has also filed similar lawsuits in Texas and Utah and filed a suit in Colorado forcing a baker to make a wedding cake for he and his computer bride. And so I ask you, is the apple lover something to see? Get it? Apple to see. To see or not to see. Do you see what I did there? And that's your problem for case or no case. Since it's a domestic bliss story, I thought... Now I see why you were three-time nominee award, but never, never a winner. Never a winner, because this case you don't think is a winner. Okay, Denise, what think you? Case or no case? Go ahead, bite off on that well, one there, Denise. This one is fun, because it, it has pieces of a lot of different cases we've talked about on the show. We've talked about the wedding cake case, yeah. right? We've yep, talked yeah. about that, you know, what the Supreme Court decided. We talked about... Um, you know, mar- different types of marriage, and now that you, the marriage is could be between, you know, same-sex couples. Um, we've talked about all of this type of stuff. So the question is, can a marriage be with an inanimate object, right? And that's really the legal question. And I and and he's trying to argue in these different suits that. Um, he, him and his computer have this constitutional right when the computer's on a person that has constitutional rights. Although not, he does interact with it and, you know. I agree. Yeah. So this is what I think. I think this is made up from whole cloth and Cal's covering his face <laughs> so I can't see it. And I'm going to say no case. No case. All right. No case. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Penny, what say you, my friend? First of all, lucky for you, Todd, our wonderful affiliate in Alabama, <laughs> WBCF, 1240 AM and 97.1 FM. Well, soon to be our former affiliate. Yeah, our, out of Florence, Alabama, doesn't start our show until June 1st, the first week oh, of boy. June. So I have not announced that officially, but I know they're coming on board in June, and hopefully we do not talk about going back and listening to our podcast, because you are hammering on our affiliates in Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. All right. Thank you, okay, right. uh, WBCF, and I'll thank you when you're on the air in June. Right. The answer is, this is a very simple one, Cal. Yeah. No case. You made it up. Go on to Katad. Well, okay. If All of that work and you people are not acknowledging my cleverness with even a bite. Mr. Kunin, what say you? Even a bite. Nice one. <laughs> thank so, you. So basically Apple what you're plant. saying is if this were in the Garden of Eden... Adam married the plant and not Eve. So, you know, well, that, hooked up with the apple and not the, uh, okay. What, what the guy says, you know. Well, you know, given the fact that I am uh, so far behind, and we're going to 50 points, right? That's right. So if I say it's a case, then Fred goes to 47. I go to 38. He's still three away. I'm going to say it's a case because the only thing that I have to do is to say that... Um, I, that's the only way I can make a point. So this is a strategic response, and and so so I say it's a case. Now I got to say who wins, right? Yes, you do. Well, I, the, the guy loses. I don't think that anybody is going to recognize the fact that this uh, this computer is a person. It's not within the meaning. So I'm going to say it's a case. The wingnut did it, but he loses. And you know what? You should have said what that the marriage fails for failure to consummate. 
Well, um, are you sure? I I can't. I look. I I, I don't know that that's I don't know that that's valid there, Denise. I think that uh, there's plenty of technology these days. But I'm gonna say, but somebody would have to seek an annulment, right? So I don't I don't think he's seeking an annulment, and he's programmed his. He's programmed his spouse not to seek ones. <laughs> well, I mean, there's actually a group of people who like to be friendly with inanimate objects that are there are polygamists, there are and these are called themselves machinists, believe it or not. What? There's actually What do you you learn this stuff on radio? There are people time? that have relationships with dolls and yes, you yeah. know, all kinds yeah. of different yeah. types of inanimate objects. And can we go further How off? many CCs Even- is your spouse? I don't know. I had her board out to three fifty one, so <laughs> Yeah. No, there will be no boring. Hey, would you, would you? Do you have the dump button or what, Cal? I didn't even get that one. Uh, yeah, you don't want to get goodness, it. Goodness, you don't want to. Yeah. Don't. No. That's, um, a, that's an engine. When you when you do an engine, you can make the engine bigger. The the never the mind. cylinder. Let's just go to break. Let's go to break, yeah. and then when we come back from our break, we will answer the inanimate marriage. Woo, honey, and we need to change your catalytic converter. What the heck are you bringing in here? And whether or not you could consummate your marriage with the computer. We'll be right back. This is Radio Law Talk. Yeah. Uh-huh. The answer to case or no case is coming right up right here on Radio Law Talk. Don't go away. for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to prolawfirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to prolawfirms.com. That's prolawfirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y-Lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAndAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. Is this real life? 
You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Can you marry your computer? And if so, uh, can you, according to Denise, consummate the marriage? <laughs> and uh, Cal, according to Denise, uh, you are faking this. It's no case. Well, I, I follow this. I follow. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're thinking. Stop. So the second thing is I agreed with him. And Todd thinks you are not faking, and it's a real case. And the the lover of the computer uh, gets married but uh, loses the case. Mr. Severe in Alabama, who, yes, who filed a lawsuit, according to my contention, claiming that his rights had somehow been violated by the state because they would not recognize his role as a machinist lover versus. Uh, other unusual marriages, shall we say. So, for those of you who say it was not a case, Fred and Denise. Oh, Todd, you nailed it. Woo. For those of you who say the machinist lost his case, may I see by a show of hands, Mr. Cunin. Wow. Coming on strong at the end of the case or no case today, Mr. Severe filed a lawsuit in Alabama's Northern District stating his rights, along with several ex-gay co-plaintiffs, were violated by the governor, the attorney general, and the probate judge because Severe's marriage to an Apple computer, which he claimed to marry in New Mexico, wasn't recognized legally in Alabama. It's still not, by the way. His complaint states that the defendants violated his constitutional rights by giving special treatment to gays and lesbians, but not to polygamists or machinists. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is... So the reason is they're claiming, Cal, because it was uh, an inanimate object and not a person? Is that why? Uh, yeah, I mean... I got that part. Right? Yeah, Denise nailed that part. I mean, really... He was saying, if you're going to do that, if you're going to recognize homosexual marriages, you should recognize people who want to be in polygamous marriages. You should re recognize marriages to machines, to animals. To any anything goes, was what he was saying. So why then, okay, well, boy, we can get into a big topic. Then why is polygamy any different than um, wanting to be married to one of the same sex? Uh, what is the difference between a person who wants to marry two people? Not, not that I'm agreeing or disagreeing, but I'm throwing that controversy out there. 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. And, Mike, what's the difference? And, and this is just, to echo what Fred said, this is just an exercise in in legal reasoning. Okay, if 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 the reasons exist to justify or to, to say that marriage between same sex is legal and constitutional and, and whatnot, then how far... Is that going to go, and, and why don't those same reasons justify uh, polygamous marriage, um, whatnot? And, or you know? first cousins, or, you know, there's like a lot, of, it could go on Well, that was on. for health reasons. Yeah, claiming. first cousins is because of the genetic issue, that because of having children, and the, uh, you know, the fact that they're more likely to have some genetic issues. But the real question is, and I think what he was raising, is if we're going to move the line, why not just erase the line? Anything goes. By the way, on the Cal, let's back up what you said about 
marrying cousins. Didn't we have a case on that where the age, I believe it was in Florida, the so lawsuit. No, Utah. Yeah, in Utah, the lawsuit came out, and they allow it over the age of 65, 65 yes. because they know they're going to have no children, so then you can marry your, a cousin. Right, exactly. Now, I will say. Not an of, unusual law, by the way. Not, right. Many states have such. I'm sorry, Todd. Go ahead. One of the policy considerations for outlawing polygamy versus uh, marriage between one individual and another. So it's just just two two parties to the marriage, no third party, fourth party, whatever. One of the policy considerations that has been brought up is the instances in which polygamist families end up going on public assistance because you've got you got the man and several women and then all of the children and he can't support all of them and so it's the instance of going on public assistance and because they're married to one person it precludes them from ever potentially marrying another individual who can then take care that's one of the policy considerations that's been put out i'm not saying it's a strong argument or a weak argument i just know that that is one of the distinctions that people have put that out that has got to be the different. weakest argument in the world cuz now i can argue that you look at a person's financial situation and determine whether or not they can get married. Is that what that's? Is that what that means? And plus, in uh, in some of the contemporary polygamous situations that we hear about down on the Arizona border with Utah and other places like that, not all of them, but many of them, the women each are basically independent financially. They go out and work and bring funds into the household and support. Uh, their share of that. That's not true in all cases, but in many it is. I, I, the policy consideration was based upon the claim that statistically speaking, right. um, a, a larger majority. I'll, I'll give you another example of a policy consideration that had public assistance as part of its impetus. You know, the age of consent in some states is uh, 16 years old for somebody to be able to engage in sexual activity. Texas, for example, I believe age of consent is 16. I think New York is 17. California, it is 18. Now, one of the policy considerations for making it illegal in California, for example, to have intercourse between the age of 16 and 18 as a minor, uh, a big policy consideration when it was passed was the number of instances in which those that are 16 and 17 years old go on public assistance to raise the child and the burden that it placed on society to help raise these children that were born to mothers age 16 and 17. And so the idea was if we, if we make it illegal, as a policy consideration, hopefully that will reduce the numbers of children that are born to mothers under the age of 18, causing the public funds to be tapped for the raising them. Sure. One of the poli- not not the sole reason, but one of the policy considerations. Children being raised by children and being funded by the state in doing so, basically. Yes. Is what the, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. This is going to be interesting coming up. There are so many articles on it. I was just, while we're talking, pulling articles up, and that's the first question that occurred when gay marriage was, the Supreme Court said that it was constitutional, and, and that's on, you know, that's the 14th Amendment was the big issue there. And, and I, I think this is going to be a topic later that we're going to discuss that clearly, I'm saying, I think polygamy is going to be allowed eventually under the same circumstance as uh, gay marriage. And I think, I, I don't know that it, I think that they're going to make the same arguments. As well, well in California, you can have more than one parent. You can have three, four, five parents. Right. So there's that similar type of an argument that yeah. occurs. I think it's going to be interesting. In fact, the, there's, there's already talk of that. What's the guy that has a, multiple wives? What's that, what's that show called? Uh, a sister, sister wives. Sister wives. Yes. Sister wives. That, the, that dad's thinking of bringing lawsuits. So, all right, we'll be back. We're going to talk more about, uh, this special, uh, 
law, uh, ruling. Stay tuned as Radio Law Talk continues right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates. Valley. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Yeah, I gotta apologize. I misspoke because, well, I didn't misspoke about WBCF in Florence, Alabama that's joining us next month. I said, Todd, you better be careful because we love Alabama and they, they're going to follow us. Guess what? I We have had so many new affiliates join I'm going to apologize and tell thank you very much. We do have Alabama now listening to us. WFPA, 1400 AM and 93.9 FM in Fort Payne, Alabama. Welcome, Fort Payne, Alabama, WFPA. I apologize for not remembering you, but the list of our new affiliates are just growing so fast, I can't keep up with them. So. And just so you know, during the break, Fred took me out and waterboarded me for a little bit just to make up for the you know, comment that I made that may have uh, offended people in Alabama. So. And interestingly, they both seem to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I did not brush my teeth very well, so that kind of helped clear out. Fine. Oh, great, great, marvelous. So here's what, here's what I've been trying to set up. What has the courts done that have saved the American people, that have basically uh, had mercy on the citizens of the United States? This is what they have done. Ready for this? Robert Kraft's supposed video will not be shown to the public. (laughs) 
Oh, woo! Yes, saving the children. Saving those from mental anguish. What about the children? All I gotta say is on Monday the video purporting to show purporting again, this is all allegations, New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft paying for certain acts in a massage parlor is not gonna be forthcoming to the public. Can we point. stop now? No, we can't. This is important stuff. So we love this, but but anyway, but the, the, the basis of the decision yeah, yeah. was that um, the um, the act not coming, but recording itself was not going to be allowed in the court. Is actually <laughs> is being suppressed because it was not. Um, it was not a, a valid uh, search, right? Well, I think the basis of the decision was the judge going, nobody wants to see that. So, defense, if you cite case law that is even, even remotely persuasive, I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. But, yes, yes, you're right. It, it was they decided that the actions of law enforcement, this is the second time we talked about Fourth Amendment today. That's right. So the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. question is, what happens when law enforcement violates that? Well, the evidence that they get if they violated your constitutional rights to get it gets suppressed it doesn't it, it's not they can't use it in the case in their case in chief sometimes they can use it in response but they can't the prosecution can't use it the videotape was something they wanted to use the judge found that the manner in which it was procured violated Kraft's Fourth Amendment rights, unreasonable search and seizure. It was an invasion of his privacy. They can't use the tape. Well, here's the interesting part also that we discussed this before. It wasn't just that. Under the Florida law, it has. this is a misdemeanor, by the way, that they're charging him with. Under Florida law, it has to be a serious type of crime in order to video people. And don't forget, when they went in and videoed him, guess how they got the cameras in there? They got the cameras in there by saying, we got a bomb scare. Everybody out. And by the way, this is a strip mall. But, oh my gosh, we're only the bomb scare is at the massage parlor. Wow. And everybody, all the other places, you guys can stay in. Don't worry about it. And they go in there and they plant these uh, cameras. And, wait, wait, and wait. That, that a, is, and they are the police. A the strip police. mall? <laughs> strip oh, mall. Oh, I'm sorry. Got it. Got it. Yeah, do we have crickets for that one? Too? We, we do, but a, stri- I mean, a, a strip mall. Well, you know, it's it's, it's, it, it's interesting that you raise that law, yeah. Fred. Yep. And it's interesting because again, this gets back to the Fourth Amendment analysis. So, how do police justify a search under the Fourth Amendment? They have to have for a detention um, reasonable suspicion that a crime has occurred, is about to occur, or has occurred in the past. Uh, The same thing is true if you want a warrant to surveil. You now have to have probable cause that a crime has occurred, is about to occur, or has occurred in the past. Now, what crimes are we talking about? Well, it can be any crime that's passed by the legislature. And what the court said in this one is, sure, there is a crime that justifies surveilling, but the crimes that justify surveilling have to be serious felonies. Mm-hmm. This isn't a serious felony. So the the legal justification, the hook that you hung your legal argument on, what was doesn't that again? exist. 
The well, what? except the, for the hook that the, what that you hung your legal <laughs> argument on does not exist. So it's you know so Robert Kraft wins because of the improper hanging. I think the state's uh, going to appeal. I think because they are. I think the reasoning is kind of flawed because the reason that they went in and did the surveillance was because they were investigating human trafficking, which is a very serious felony. And so I believe that there's gonna, it's going to get appealed, and it may go all the way to the Supreme Court. And and there's a specific issue, Cal. Well, my question, and again, please bear in mind, I don't want to play a lawyer. I don't want to pretend to be one. I am just a curious member of the general public on this, and I have always have been, and so I try to interact. So my question is this. Would they ever overstate the case? We think there's human traffic going on in here when really they're just trying to look for Johns and Hookers. I mean, uh, no, they they actually charge the owner of the massage parlor with human trafficking. And yet, out of all of that, why is Robert Kraft's issue with the sex worker then a part of the human trafficking case? He didn't do any human trafficking. Uh, he think, didn't pay any for any slaves to come forth. He was simply a customer of one of the alleged victims. Some correct? of the massage, the masseuse. People in there were human trafficking. No, I, I get that part. Yeah. But I'm saying, how did Robert, then why is Robert Kraft in a human trafficking investigation where he was simply a customer of a, of a sex worker? Well, I, I think Suppose, the, I think the, I yeah, think the prosecution well. has been, um, I think the prosecution has been um, clear that Kraft is not charged with uh, anything related to human trafficking. Right. Uh, now, I will point, there have been reports, and I believe, uh, I, think, I think it was Rolling Stone reported, that, um, that the investigators and the folks in Florida have said that there was no evidence of any sex trafficking that took place as a result of this investigation. So they didn't find anything. However... You got to keep in mind that in order to get a warrant to surveil, they don't have to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt that something has occurred in order to get the warrant. I mean, if that happened, nobody would ever get a warrant for anything. Right. They have to have reasonable suspicion or probable cause that allows them to investigate. Now, the, I, I'm sure they will appeal, and I think that's going to raise the what, what some people call the blinders doctrine. Which is this, if you get, this is more akin to like computers, if you get a warrant to go in and search a computer, let's say for tax documents, because somebody is engaging in tax fraud or, or something like that, and, and your warrant is specific for what you can look for in there, and while you are in there, you see this folder on the, uh, on the thing that says photos, teen photos, Right? And let's say the investigator clicks on that, opens it up, and then there's photos that would violate the law. No warrant. Okay. Well, the warrant didn't allow you to go anywhere on that computer. You had blinders. You were supposed to go specifically to what you saw. And so I think it's going to be a close call on the argument that if your warrant was for sex trafficking, is does the blinders doctrine preclude you from just using it for ordinary prostitution? But, but that's – but for – on that point, to me, that all doesn't matter because the law in Florida is pretty clear. This is not a serious crime of what they were allegedly doing, which is receiving yes. more than just a massage. 
Yes. I, I mean, look, if they went in, it, I, I don't, yeah. I, I can't remember what the affidavit said, but if their affidavit for the warrant said, we, we think that people are being brought in against their will to engage in sex acts with folks outside this massage parlor, they'd have a better argument for justifying it, but I don't know that that's what the warrant asked well, for. Well, and then you got the blinders issue, yes. too, so yes. you just got to stick to that, not, not, uh, I, so I, I, I think I, the only thing safe thing is we'll follow this. Well, here's the best part yes. about it. Kraft has got so much money, he's going to have the best lawyers, and you know who's winning in this whole situation? The other, no, the other 54 other people that are being prosecuted because they're going, yeah, what they said. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my lawyers will eat down there at McDonald's because I can't afford one, but yeah, whatever they said, we're going to argue that too. What about the guy that already pled and now is like, oh, oh crud, there are all these issues? And there were, there were a lot that have already pled. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly what's, right. What's the moral the story. Don't plead yet. All right, we're going to be back. We're going to talk about Weinstein. We always do because this ties right on into the craft case. But I'm Fred Penny with Todd and Denise. We'll be right back. You are listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio stations. And the last segment of this hour is coming up momentarily. We invite you to stay tuned. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penn. Let me ask you something. What are you doing when you put money in a 401k or IRA or store jumper cables in your vehicle or purchase health insurance? You're preparing. You're preparing to ensure you have enough money for retirement. You're preparing for when your car battery dies or to have assistance paying a major unexpected medical bill. That all makes sense. The same goes for building a food storage plan. You're preparing for when emergencies or disasters strike and shelves go empty at your grocery store. The best way to prepare is with My Patriot Supply. They've helped a million hardworking Americans become more self-sufficient. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including dozens of emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It could be an earthquake, a cyber attack freezing our banking system, or a disaster that shuts down our power grid for weeks. For all these emergencies and more, get your supplies and prepare today at MyPatriotSupply.com. No more rushing to find empty store shelves because you're too late. Do it now so you're ready. MyPatriotSupply.com. Okay, so a watch is good and some jewelry. Better grab some flowers, too. Hey, what you doing? Uh, Mother's Day, remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm making lists, got to plan a trip to the store, then need to save all the receipts in case she wants to return. Uh, You know there's an easier way, right? I'm guessing you do? Yes, and I'm going to show you the easy, quick way to shop for mom and save 30% at sunshine-pillows.com. Ah, pillows. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows. She always says she has stress. And aches and pains, right? Look, they have hot and cold therapy products. Ooh, it says we can buy any select combo up to $150 uh-huh. and get 30% off. Yep, just use this promo code MOM30. You know, for a little brother, you're pretty smart. Get something for every mom on your list and save 30% when you spend up to $150 on any select combo. Now through Mother's Day only at sunshine-pillows.com. Use promo code MOM30. Sunshine-pillows.com. Your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. 
And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. Yeah, we have to talk about Weinstein. We yeah, just, oh, my gosh. Harvey, have, Harvey, Harvey. Oh, my gosh. We got to talk about him. So, a New York appeals court has decided they are not going to unseal the record and some information about Harvey Weinstein. Do you guys have to, an opinion about that? Because I think uh, a lot of organizations sued. It wasn't just like one. It was like uh, like Fox, CNN. Ready for the shocker? They're all on the same side. Fox, CNN, MSNBC, whoever, they're all on the same side in bringing this lawsuit. Right. It, it was a motion that was brought to deem the evidence to be inadmissible. And that motion was heard in court, and it was kept private and it was not public. And the court says we need to avoid tainting the jury pool. So we are not going to let the public into these different law and motion hearings because if we did that during the pendency of the case, then more information is going to get out there regarding the case and the potential jurors will have too much information and it would re- may result in having to change venue um, to mm-hmm. a different jurisdiction um, or they will not be able to find unbiased um and uninformed, basically, jurors, because it would be out there in the public realm. Yeah, I, I agree with the decision. I think that this case presents an issue of competing constitutional rights. You've got the freedom of the press, and then you've got a person's Sixth Amendment right to a fair a trial. I mean, this is a criminal case that he's got. And I think anytime you have competing rights... In my opinion, you look to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence for guidance. And let's look at what the Declaration of Independence provides. Uh, All people have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I think those are in a specific hierarchical order. You can't have liberty if you don't have life. You can't have the pursuit of happiness if you don't have liberty in life, right? So in this case here, I would say that the freedom of the press is important for people more for liberty and for the pursuit of happiness, but the Sixth Amendment right that Harvey Weinstein enjoys is more for his liberty, and that needs to be protected. If you have competing claims, it needs to be protected for him for the very reason. I mean, it gets out there in this day and age. I mean, look, back back in the late 1700s, it could be released, and whether or not people knew about it was whether or not it, you know, it made to a print press and people saw it. Well, now anybody can see it, and arguably, they don't even see the full content context of it, they see whatever snippet a news agency wants to release. Which could prejudice the jury pool. Absolutely. And the re- the right to a fair and speedy trial also includes the right to a jury of one's peers. And that's what they're trying to protect, that particular right in this um, case where it's going to be a fair and unbiased jury. Uh, because he's going to have a jury. He's not going to agree to have uh, a judge decide this case. He's oh, yeah. going to, it's a criminal matter, and he has a right to a jury. I mean, if, you're, if you're the defense, why choose to only have to convince one person? Why put the burden of the prosecution only have to convince one person between, as opposed to 12? You know, that doesn't make sense. And I was going to say that from my history of being a, a news guy, I've learned one thing, and that is prosecutors hate change of venue. They do. Because of the cost and because of the inconvenience 
uh, it's just really not something they're trying to go for. So I think that's in everybody's best interest to keep the jury pool as untainted as possible, I guess was the point. And, I was I, and what's right. interesting, I think we all agree on that. That was great. Again, we're politically neutral, but the three of us sometimes, we like to argue all sides, but clearly we agreed on that. Now, here's the one that I'm going to disagree on a little bit. Yeah. Here's the controversial one, the Kevin Spacey. Oh, well, before we get to okay. that, one last thing about, about Weinstein. Sure. One last thing about Weinstein, just a note. I don't know if you guys heard this, but there is a Harvard law professor, um, and his name is Ronald S. Sullivan Jr., and his wife, Harvard Law lecturer Stephanie Robinson, and Sullivan has gone on and become part of the legal team for Harvey Weinstein. And as a result of that, Harvard has dismissed him as a dean of the law school. That is a recent development where he was dismissed. Uh, They decided not to renew the couple's deanships. So both of them were dismissed. Yes, and it was shortly after he went on to uh, be part of the Weinstein legal team. So that was after. So he was dismissed before? No, he was dismissed after he accepted a position as part of the legal team. Now, that irritates me. Let me tell you why that irritates me. This irritates me because... That's our system. Our system is even everybody is innocent until proven guilty. And someone's going to have to represent these people. You know, it doesn't mean he agrees with Weinstein. It doesn't mean he and his wife agree with what they're just representing them. Someone's going to have to represent them. And so when we have schools or society that are punishing lawyers for who they represent, our system is breaking, breaking bad. Because guess what? It, it is coming to the point where people will worry about representing someone because of how it's going to look. It is the era of instant judgment and trial by Instagram and Facebook. And to me, this is exactly what you're talking about, Fred. A complete saying, we don't care why those people are helping represent Harvey Weinstein. We don't like the fact that they're representing a guilty man. Yes. So let's throw them out. Well, I mean, to me, that's just yeah. as unjust as it could come. Now, now here, here's the way. And I was... I was, I was I was careful in the way that I said it, okay? So they had their deanships are coming up for renewal on the thirtieth of on the thirtieth of June. All right. And they oversaw one of the student houses. And so after he became part of the legal team, they were sent a letter told, telling them that they were not going to have their deanships renewed at the conclusion of the current term. And they cited among the concerns growing discord in a climate of, uh, of discord among the House, but they didn't specifically say it was because he was representing Weinstein. But when you look at cause and effect and growing discord, and then the implication that the discord is has a lot to do with what students are saying about it. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to connect the dots. That's what they um, are alleging here. The school was very careful not to come out in black and white and say, we're dismissing you because you represent Harvey Weinstein. But the uh, the cause and effect and the timing of it just is very suspect. To say nothing of the climate of discussion and speech and divergent ideas on many college campuses, it does make you scratch your head, does it not? Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. 
You know, it it is interesting that back in the uh, I think it was the mid '90s, Charlton Heston gave a speech at the commencement for Harvard Law School's graduation ceremonies. And in his speech, you can look it up and find it. He talked about his concern that the movement of political correctness was going to have an adverse effect on on legal debate, political debate, and everything because people were so worried about terminology that they used and the appearance that that it would detract from the very issues that they're trying to argue. And we see that starting to creep in. Yeah. So, so the well, ke- you know, what makes me scratch my head, honestly, is this Kevin Spacey. Yep. The, the court has ruled in this case that the plaintiff who is suing Kevin Spacey for some kind of inappropriate co- um, conduct during a massage um, can remain anonymous. And Kevin Spacey says, hey, how do I face my accuser? Now, this isn't a criminal matter. It's obviously a civil matter. But still, I think that general principle still applies. How do I face my accuser? Well, here's the deal. Not just face your accuser. How do you have a defense? So you're being sued civilly. You know, the key is, okay, who's the defendant that's suing me? I want to look at that person's background. Have they? What's their veracity? Veracity means ability to tell the truth. Are they people that have had uh, problems before uh, and not telling the truth? Do you go talk to other individuals that know them? Not only that, what about the alibi? Oh, well, supposedly I did this or that to you, and oh, really? Let's let's look at let's. This is not criminal now. This is civil. They're going to be able to open that person up normally, and that to me. Uh, and I know that the judge says, well, maybe later we'll open some stuff up. But the point is, that individual staying anonymous to me is a travesty. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all either. And in this particular case, the judge said that the plaintiff was extremely vulnerable to being humiliated and harassed by the public at large if that identification was made public. And I understand that, and I understand being protective of one of the parties, but in that particular case, it's plaintiff that has turned to the forum and has filed the complaint and has made this an issue, and I I just don't agree that he should remain anonymous. And further, the judge almost implies to Kevin Spacey, look, the allegation is October 2016, right? You know who it is. I mean, it's it's that kind of a background. Wow. And it just to just to clarify, also, the court's not saying that they can maintain anonymity throughout the whole case. The court is saying that at some point in time, in order to engage in discovery, you're going to have to find out who this is. But right now, for settlement, he can maintain it. I don't even even agree with that proposal. Thank you for joining us and Radio Law Talk. We're going to be back for hour number three. You stay right there. There's more Radio Law Talk always on RadioLawTalk.com where you can listen to all of our previous shows. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 